Anybody ready for the word of God today? Anybody ready? You ready for the word? This is a heavy word. So uh, if you have seatbelts, put them on. All right. Because some of you might, some might get shaken up today. Uh, I have been talking about being stirred up. And the messages that the Lord has been speaking to me are messages that don't come with the gentle wind. But they come like a rushing mighty wind. And in my preparation, uh, I have found myself spending such time contemplating and listening and hearing from the Lord. I would like to be able to shorten my messages a little bit more. I, I, but at the same time, I have some things to say. Uh, hopefully, you have some notes and you can join me as I share this word. But uh, I want us to consider one another to stir up love and good works. Now, if you know the rest of the scripture, you know that he goes on speaking about, and also, uh, I, I want to stir you up. I don't want you to forsake assembling together as you see the day approaching. Somebody say day approaching. In fact, say it this way. The day is approaching. Day is approaching. And this is good news because I talked to you last week. We are the bride of Christ. So our call is to be more beautiful than we've ever been before. To be more beautiful. And that means, here's what's beautiful. Here's what's beautiful. Have you ever seen somebody fight through a hard time? Have you ever seen that? It is beautiful when you fight through. I want you to stand with me as we read a scripture together. I will not be focused on this, but since we're reading scripture every day, this is a big portion of Psalms chapter 24. You've heard the 23rd Psalm, but this is the 24th Psalm, a powerful Psalm of David. One that you have heard, but I want you to hear it and let it shake you up a little on the inside. And I want you to read it with me. Can you see it from where you are? Read it with me. You can look it up on your phone if you need to. But let's, let's, let's read this together. Ready? The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. The world and all who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. Some of you already know the rest of that. And the king of glory shall come in. I heard that. I could, I could almost hear say, Pastor, don't stop right now. I get here. Don't you stop right now. Who shall? Who shall ascend? That's the question. Who shall ascend? Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Who may stand in the holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Has that changed? Has that changed? Is that, is that, oh yeah, but Jesus, now he died on the cross, so we don't have to have clean hands. No. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Here, who has not lifted up his soul, his mind, his thoughts, his emotions to an idol. Who is not moved by things. Who does not allow other things to be his God. 
Who has not lifted up his soul to an idol. Who has not sworn deceitfully. Who is not a liar. Who does not play with his relationship with God. Who says, I may feel one thing, but I know the truth. And the truth will set me free. Put my faith fully in him. So we're set up for this word. Come on, lift your hand and say, God, speak to us today. Come on, speak to us. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you've already done. We have felt your divine presence in the worship today. And we worship you. And we're ready to lay our lives as a sacrifice down in order that we can receive the pure word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. In Acts chapter 431, the scripture reads this way. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. I want somebody to shout, shake the house. Somebody shout, shake the house. Now, come on, shake the house. I didn't hear you. Somebody shout, shake the house. So if this message shakes you up, talk to Jesus about it. I've heard a lot of stories, a lot of people talking about this season. And one of the things that I hear in talking about this season is that we're all in this together. And uh, then I hear that there are certain banks and certain Kroger's, you know, that that Walmart's going to get you through it, that that uh, Cox Cable is going to get you through it. I saw that Cox Media. We're we're in this together. We're better together. And I, 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 I hear it. I get it. And we used some statements here about being better together. And we were made for this. Say that. We were made for this. No, I don't know if you got this. We were built for times just like this. We were built for times like this. But so when we say we're all in this together, I appreciate this. But at the same time, uh, there is something else that I need you to understand. And that is we are not all the same. Now, you know this church. Anybody glad to be a part of Freedom Fellowship? Anybody glad that when you come to Freedom Fellowship that we are a diverse congregation? Anybody glad that we're family even though we may not all have the same past? We may not all be in the same economic bracket. I don't know if you noticed this. We are not even the the same skin tone. Have you noticed that? Anybody notice that we come from different backgrounds? There are people of different colors that are in this room and people say, well, what's the same? We are all a part of the body of Jesus Christ. And that, that is more vital than anything else. That is over all other things. Before I'm a white man, I am saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Before I am black, before I'm Hispanic, before, come on, before I'm Asian, before anything else, above everything else, I was made new. I'm going to show you this in the Word of God. We're not of this world. In fact, we're aliens. Okay? You've, you've thought this before. Pastor Rick, he's an alien. I am. I'm an alien, okay? Not like, come on. Let me explain that to you. Jesus explained it in John 15, 19. He said, if you were of this world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are, say it, you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. You were of the world, but I chose you. You understand you are the chosen. You are chosen ones. I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world, the system of the world is designed to hate you. 
said, people hate me. Okay, I'm not of this world. Now, one day, one day, the world will be transformed. You've heard me teach this, right? The world's going to be melted down, and, and, but we're going to be gone. Somebody praise Jesus for that. We'll be gone. And we're going to have a new, the heavens and the earth will all be new. There will be no need for sun in that world, for Jesus will be the sunshine. He will be the light. And we will worship him. We'll rule and reign. Anybody looking forward to that? That's what the Bible says. You didn't know that. Come on, we are, we are in training for reigning. Did you know that? That's who we are. We're in training for reigning. And the little things that we're going through right now, compared, comparatively, I want you to know that we, are, we have been transformed and we're going to be transformed. We used to sing that. Got any, any Christians from the 80s in the house? Any Christians from the 80s? Anybody remember Petra? Okay, somebody said yeah. Okay, praise God for us old people in the house. Okay, I've been to a few Petra concerts and they had this one album called Not of This World and they had a song called Not of This World. We are strangers, we are aliens, we are not of this. Okay, I won't get into it, but. I can sing that, all right? Their, 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 their lyric, the verse was, we are pilgrims in a strange land. We're so far from our homeland, which each, with each passing day, it seems so clear this world will never want us here. We're not welcome in this world of wrong. We're foreigners who don't belong. We're foreigners and we don't belong. And the world is understanding that. That's, that's why Jesus is saying it. He, he explained it in John 18. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. See, the, the, the disciples actually thought, hey, Jesus, are you now going to restore your kingdom, the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus said, no, you don't know what's going on. You don't even know the signs right now. Uh, but uh, he told them they needed to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. He's saying this when, uh, when, when Jesus was asked here. He said, I would, have, I would have been raising a physical army if my kingdom was of this world. But it's not. Now, in Romans 12, too, we just sang a little bit of that. Uh, living sacrifice. You know, we present our bodies. Every present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to the Lord, uh, which is your reasonable act of worship, okay? But then he goes on and says in uh, Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds that you, by testing, you may discern what the good and acceptable will of God is, his good and perfect will. In 1 John 2, Jesus, uh, uh, John the Beloved writes, he says, do not love the world or the things of the, lo- of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Jesus said in John 17, he says, uh, he prays for his disciples. He says, I've given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. I mean, how many scriptures, how many words do we have to get in the Bible to understand this? We are aliens. We're not of this world. We don't breathe the same. We don't walk the same, don't act the same, we don't long for the same things, don't want the same things. We're aliens, and people say, why are you so weird? Well, I'm an alien. (laughs) Tell people, get the word out so they'll understand. Yeah, I don't do that. Why? You're better than everybody? Well, as a matter of fact, I'm not of this world. I don't live by the same agenda. I don't have the same purpose. 
My walk doesn't look like that. And even when my flesh tells me that I should do this or act this way or that I am something else, I was born this way or the other way, I say, I know, but I was born again. And every day I crucify my flesh. Anybody with me on that? I mean, I have to, I have to slay the flesh. It's the whole premise of the word of God. People say you're weird. Yes, I'm weird. I'm not of this world. I'm weird. I'm strange. I'm a weirdo. Yes. My values are not the same. People don't get me. This world doesn't want what I want. Don't get confused right now. Especially it's going to get weirder and weirder in the next few months. As this election takes off, it's going to get real weird. And you better be more committed to Jesus than your presidential candidate. Don't allow Joe Biden, Donald Trump, or anybody else to be your Messiah. Ain't none of them got all the answers. And so you understand the transition right now for the church. Don't feel bad. I'm just going to tell you the truth. Is churches right now are more committed to Herod than they are to Jesus. Much more committed to Herod, to Caesar's empire. We're getting sucked into it. And people are beginning in the church to fight about things that they should not be fighting about. I am fully committed to God's word and what God's word says. Somebody shout higher, higher. Go ahead, go ahead. I heard that. Don't feel bad. Many are being sucked into other agendas. You see, I, you know, what was that old song? Who sang that? I'm proud to be an American, where at least I'm not. Okay, I hear that, okay? But listen, the United States is not the promised land. It's not. I'm in America. Yeah. But it's not the promised land. It's not heaven, and it will not be heaven. Wow, pastor preached this morning. And this is the whole story of Jesus, okay? Because if you know the backstory of Jesus, you know that Jesus... He, he showed, he was, Jesus, the forerunner of Christ, was a weirdo. His name was John the Baptist. He came in the wilderness, the Bible says, in Mark chapter 1, verse 4. He came into the wilderness, and he's preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Repentance for the remission of sins. So here's the concept of Repentance. Turning away from sin in order for them to be removed. Sins that we do not turn away from are still there. All right? You say, well, Jesus forgave me of that. Then why is it still there? You never repented of it. Yeah, I repented of it, but I'm still doing it. You didn't repent of it because repentance is also an act of contrition. It's an act of sorrow. So have you ever seen somebody sin or be in a sinful lifestyle and they had the revelation by the Spirit of Christ that they were uh, outside of the boundaries of God's plan for them and they wept and had great sorrow? Okay? It's hard to overcome sin when you love it so much. 
Am I still preaching? I'm sorry. So that John was preaching that, and all of, all of the land of Judea, all the people, massive crowds were coming to him. I mean, he's got to be tired. He's out there baptizing people in the Jordan River. And people from Jerusalem went out to him. And, he, and they were all baptized by him in the Jordan, Jordan River. And while they're in the water, they're confessing their sin. Now, there were some Pharisees that came out that had done nothing wrong and did not want to confess. And John looked at them and said, who told you to flee from the wrath to come? <laughs> I love that. He's weird. Doesn't care, Right? Just telling the truth. But the Bible says, John wore clothing made of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. All right? Now, there's some context of that that we could work through, but I, I just want you to see the wearing of camel's hair. You know, camel's pelt was his outer garment, and that seems very strange to us that somebody would wear that, but actually it's because of who he is. Uh, there was another prophet that dressed the same way. His name was Elijah. And the Bible says in, in 2 Kings 1 and 18 uh, uh, that Elijah was a man with a garment of hair. It was a garment of camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist. That was known as his mantle. And when Elijah ascended to heaven, he dropped it down to Elisha. And Elisha, uh, who followed Elijah, had the same spirit of Elijah upon him. And he grabbed that piece of camel's hair and slapped the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And the water parted. And he actually, uh, uh, there is the scripture, like, he, he performed like seven, uh, 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 seven times the miracles uh, more miracles than Elijah did himself. So, so the mantle of Elijah, and I sometimes wonder if you went out and got this new or if somebody held on to that because Elijah, uh, the prophet Elijah was to come and John the Baptist came in the spirit and power of Elijah and he preached against idolatry and he preached against sin and people were moved in their heart. Come on, be baptized, be dead to who you were because baptism is a sign of death and new birth. So everybody is following him. And uh, there's this new thing that's happening. It's a, it's a revolution. But I don't think we really get the idea of what it is. Because the prophets preached about what was going on. You've heard of Joel chapter 2, where Joel makes this statement and then it's re restated in Acts 2. Joel 2.28, it shall come to pass afterwards. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, that seems like it's something different, but it's not. I will pour out, say it, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Also my men servants and all my maid servants. Isn't that amazing? Aren't you glad that God pours the spirit on men and women? Anybody thankful for that? I'll pour out my spirit on those days. That's restated. There's another statement in Isaiah 44. I love this prophecy in Isaiah 44. Uh, for I will pour water on him who is thirsty. Does it sound like living water to anybody? Yeah. I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. Now, listen to what he says then. Then he, he says this. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the watercourses. So beside the water, anybody ever driven by the water and you see the, the plants that are just exploding next to the water? So that's what he's talking about. 
he says, one will say, I am the Lord's. And another will call himself by the name of Jacob. Another will write with his hand, the Lord's and the name himself by the name of Israel. So what we're seeing here is Isaiah is saying, the Lord is saying that I'm going to pour out my spirit on such a way that there will be people who were not born to Jacob who will say, I'm Jacob. There will be people who will be born, hundreds, thousands of people who will come to me and they will spring up and and they will say, yeah, I'm Jacob. Yes, I am. Anybody Abraham's seed in this house right now? Anybody Abraham? I am Abraham's seed. It's the outpouring that we have experienced going back to the early church. That's what. That's what John the Baptist was talking about. But John the Baptist said in Mark 1, 6, 80, he goes on. The Bible says he, pre- he preached saying, there comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Matthew 11 and, or 3 and 11, he goes on and says, he says, I'm not, even, I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. I'm, I'm not worthy to kneel down in front of him. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Say this, with the Holy Spirit and fire. Say the Holy Spirit and you got to say it. Come on, get used to that. Holy Spirit and fire. It's so funny. I, I, I think I mentioned this Wednesday, but uh, Wednesday, earlier Wednesday, I was driving down Damn Neck towards uh, where we live in uh, Ocean Lakes. And as we were driving that way, uh, we saw a huge billow of smoke and I mean, massive smoke was coming up. And so we got over in the far left lane because it was obvious it was in the right lane. It was right there at Upton where we usually turn right on. And as we got there, we saw that there was a car completely engulfed in flames. I'm saying the flames were like this high and there were, it, it just, I don't know, it just made, it was crazy because there were people like standing like right over next to it, just kind of looking. And then there were cars who were desperately wanting to turn right in the lane. So they were in the right turn lane. But people who were, they were zipping around and getting that right turn lane. Baby, I got over in the left lane, thought about a U-turn. But I made my way all the way down, came in the back way because I didn't want to get near that fire because I knew that it could jump on somebody, that it could explode. Now, I may not be the most brilliant man, but I'm that smart. Some of you may not even want to be in this house right now because you hang around us for a little while. The consuming fire may jump on you. That's part of this thing. If, if when you go through this baptism and then you try to just be really religious and do good stuff, but that is not why Jesus came. John was already baptizing people, but there was a new wave that was going on, and that was the work of the Holy Spirit. So John was shaking up the world and preparing the world to be baptized in the fire to be consumed with the fire of the Holy Spirit. So everything, everything that Jesus did was to prepare us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So he said, I don't believe in the Holy Spirit. I don't believe in the You're probably going to have to just like rip up the whole gospel. Just throw the whole, because you can't find stuff that he's not talking about that. We are aliens. We are the kingdom of God. We are the powerful church of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We are not supposed to be comfortable in this world. We don't hear it that way. We're so super religious, we forget that the kingdom of Christ Jesus is a spiritual kingdom. It is the spirit kingdom. And you have to listen to the words of the Lord. Like, I really love the Sermon on the Mount. Anybody love the Sermon on the Mount? Matthew chapter 5. And we just read through the Sermon on the Mount. The crowds came and Jesus began to teach them. uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Oh, I want to be poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Oh, I'm sad sometimes. I'm going to be comforted. Yay, Jesus, he says such sweet things. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I'm meek. (laughs) Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Okay, I'm hungry. I mean, it's already past lunchtime. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. I'm merciful. I don't say anything bad to anyone. Liar. (laughs) Blessed are the pure in heart. I've got a good heart, for they will see God. I'm going to see God. I don't want to, but I'm going to. Because, you know, if you stand in his presence, you might fall on your face and realize how much you should have met him before. Blessed are the peacemakers. I like that. Peacemakers. For they will be called. You see, I'm a peacemaker. I don't say anything to anybody about nothing. And I take people's hands. And we always sing, we are the world. We are. Wait a minute. We're not the world. We don't even fit in. And then he says this, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I don't think I'll read that. I don't even like that part. I don't think I'll be persecuted. So we don't even realize all of this is about. I mean, poor in spirit is really realizing that you need more than the empty way of life that you have. You realize that you are not enough to do this without Spirit of God inside of you. That's what he's saying. Blessed are, because sooner or later, you're going to realize how empty you are in spirit. Or Blessed are those who mourn, who grieve. The individuals that are missing someone that they really need, that have this understanding of the emptiness in their life. I, oh, I know. Anybody been there before? I know that I just, that some of you, when you found Jesus, you realized there was an empty way of life that you had, and you desperately desperately needed God and those who humble themselves who who will no longer have your eyes on the things of the world humble humble yourself I don't need that I don't need that I don't need that what I really need is Jesus I want to be ready when Jesus comes back and people are hungry for the things of God literally seekers of God if you seek him you will be filled with living water rather than seeking all the other junk I could go on and on here Somebody shout hallelujah. We're different. 
He goes on in Matthew 5, 11, He says, blessed are you. I'll take that. When people insult you. I don't feel too blessed when people insult me. Blessed are when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. In other words, I'm raising up a kingdom of, kingdom of people who are going to be insulted. I'm raising up a kingdom of people who will lie, about, who, who will be lied about. I'm raising up a kingdom when people say, and it's really popular. I hear even, uh, even Christian people say this. I don't like that term Christian. I don't like, you know, that term. Listen, once you get over your bad self for a moment, I am like Jesus Christ. All right. And maybe there's been some, ah, you know, I'm just not a very religious person. I just really, you know, there is some good and perfect religion in the scripture. Okay. That people who love God more than themselves and who care about people and make sure hungry people are fed. Anybody like that? I mean, that's, that's what the Lord wants to churn up. He says, rejoice and be glad when you're insulted, when you're persecuted, because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before me. You see, we have been in the church through several decades in the United States of a great falling away. They were already through it in Europe before we started it. Churches, beautiful cathedrals are empty. It's like they always had great uh, great sound in there. The acoustics were amazing. But now you can go on and find a seat. 50% capacity, shutting them down. No problem. Nobody was going anyway. Am I, no, anybody know I'm telling the truth? Can I get an amen from somebody that can vouch for what I'm saying? And then in the churches, we just moved. You know, people said, well, you know, I, anybody love a small church? Anybody love a small church? I'm not against large churches. I'm not. I'm not. I love churches that are big. I haven't got a problem with them. But I kind of grew up in small churches, you know. And, but then, you know, what happened in small churches? You just preach whatever you want to preach. You preach the truth and people seek God and you know, you're taking care of people. I'm not saying that's not, that's not true in larger churches. Don't get me wrong. I am a part of large, what people call mega church communities. I, I love them. I'm I mean, I love Brother Joel. Okay, I love him. I, I love him. I ain't got a problem. Okay, but hear what I'm telling. Hear what I'm teaching you right now. What I'm saying is that we've had a great emptying out. And even though you see a lot of mega churches, the numbers and the percentages are massively cut. Massively cut. Well, look at that church. They got 10,000 people. Yeah, I know. But in that particular city, there are 10,000 people less who say that they're serving God than there were last year. It has become unpopular to believe and follow the word of God. And if you're one of those Christians that actually believes that the word of God says what it means and means what it says and that we are changed and transformed by the work of the Holy Spirit. I I don't want to listen to you. I'm tired of listening to your mess. Be quiet. Keep your Christian stuff out of my face. Anybody feeling that in the world that we're in right now? It's unpopular. It's unpopular. So, So, I mean, there's some heavy words in the Beatitudes. There's these heavy words. He says, you, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the preservative of the earth. I like it this way, too. You're what gives the earth some good flavor, you know. You make everything taste good. But he says, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You want me to keep reading this? Jesus said, if you don't like it, just tell him, okay? Okay. You are the light of the world. 
He's talking, he's saying this on the Sermon on the Mount. You know why? Because he's got a multitude of people. I've been to the Mount of Beatitudes. I've sat on there, prayed on that mountain. I read the Beatitudes, sitting there on that mountainside years ago. But as I, as I remember it, I'm trying to think and just looking at the massive community. Jesus was building the kingdom of God. And he's saying to them, you are the light of the world. And then he says, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. In other words, if you're the light of the world, you will not be able to hide it. People don't light a lamp, put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. When we see good deeds, we immediately think little things and little things are good, all right? But he's talking about a way of life, the way they will see, the way you live your life. And they will praise the Father in heaven because they know that you are light and not darkness. Do you want the rest of this word? Because I got a little bit more to say to you. And it's just say amen. Anyway, just encourage your preacher, all right? All right, amen, amen. So, I've thought this before. I've been here for a long time. What if, what if we didn't have this piece of property here and it was bulldozed over? Would this community even care? Would they even care? Would anybody ever drive by? I know of churches uh, in the area that I've been to before that used to, I mean, they were like the center of great ministry and people used to be saved and their pastors have long been gone but I remember them from years gone by and been in those packed buildings when people were coming to Jesus in revivals and now they might have 30 or 40 or 50 people there and I look at that and I I think wow God don't you want to do something great in us right now I mean, do, do people like me who drive by and say, wow, I remember when are there others that look by and say, oh, I wish there would be revival at that community over there. I wish God would do something because I was so blessed by it. But Jesus gave us a commission in Acts 1. He said to the disciples, he said, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the In Mark chapter 16, Jesus gave that commission and he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And here's the urgency. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Anybody ever read that before? And then he says this, in my name, do you like reading this? These signs shall follow them who believe in my name. They will cast out devils. What? They will speak with new tongues. Really? They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. That is persecution is what we're talking about there. That's persecution. That there will be spiritual persecution against them. There will be attacks against them. And those attacks will come to naught because they are busy preaching the gospel to every creature. And he will confirm. You like this? He will confirm the message through powerful manifestations. They will actually lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, you know, in the world we live in, 
Mostly what I hear is fear and division and anger. Anybody heard of that lately? Fear and division and anger. Even in the church, what should we be doing? Fear, division, and anger. What should we, what, what should we be doing right now? I call people to pray. Let's pray. Well, I'm thinking about it. Why does he want us to pray right now? Fear, division, and anger, okay? I mean, we're all just caught up in everything else, but this is a great time. Folks, don't give up. What we should hear is, be should hear is, there is hope beyond this world. What we should hear is, don't give up. Be light, even in a dark world. We've, even when it's the most dark, raise up your voice. Speak the gospel of Jesus. Use every means you can to proclaim the goodness of Jesus. Pray for one another. Where is that power of the Holy Spirit? Anybody ever thought that? Say Holy Spirit one time. I just want to see if you can say Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit. Is that all right? Can we talk about that? You know, I, you know what, what is our greatest desire? And, and, and I, you know, when I say this, because if we're truthful, it's the same for each of us. Our greatest desire is to be successful, to be the best in our world, to be popular, happily married, enjoy great friendships, to be a part of great community, to enjoy good health, or to have enough resources to do anything we want to do. And it's attractive and necessary, but do they identify what we want to do? Do they identify our greatest desire? Don't we know of people who have had all of these things but are still empty? Hello? Don't, don't we know people like that? Don't we hear stories of, of the rich and the famous, uh, the CEOs and you know, professional athletes and government leaders and others who've reached what society considers the pinnacle of success in life and yet they still find themselves empty and they hate life and they, they are destroyed and in their emptiness sometimes they turn to drugs and alcohol, alcohol and exotic pursuits and affairs and still others turn to religion. New age. Come on, spirituality, occultism, hoping to run down to Edgar Casey Center or run over to Madam So-and-so and fill this aching thing inside of them and all they get are demons. The true satisfaction every man and every woman longs for, whether they realize it or not, can only be found in an intimate relationship with their creator. And you might say, why am I empty inside? Ecclesiastes 3 says this. He has planted eternity in every human heart. Nobody can escape it. It's in all of you. What am I going to do about when I die? What am I going to do about the future? We struggle in this world to keep our focus on the king of kings. And we have a tendency to lose our saltiness. And our light grows dim. Paul explains in Romans 1, they, knew, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. Though ever, through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature. Baby, I love going down to the ocean. I cannot go down and watch that water move back and forth without looking up to the heavens and seeing those majestic clouds and trying to look beyond it and realize, I don't know what's going on past there. Look at a night sky a stormy sky or a clear sky and not realize my God made all of this he is the one it's all in his hands it's his handiwork so smart can't do anything about a hurricane 
Come on, so brilliant, don't know how to find peace. Everybody's been practicing government for years, but until the government is placed upon his shoulders, there will never be peace. I stand in awe in my life of the miracles that I have experienced. Has anybody experienced the mighty manifestation of God in their life? First, it was just his breath. When I recognized as a boy that he was real and he breathed into me as a five-year-old child, just breathed upon me and just let me know that I wasn't just coming to church to watch the preacher and see all the weird people jump up and down because the church I went to, let me tell you, it was nothing. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i saying they were running around and jumping over stuff. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And man, it's just all kinds of weird languages going on and I ain't got no amens and hallelujahs in the house and it's... Uh, what, what I'm, where, where am I? I'm, I'm just saying, I have seen some miracles. I experienced the power of God in my life. I've experienced the supernatural. I have been divinely healed in this body. I'll tell you about it again. Burned all over the right side of my face with third degree burns and the burn fell off. I'm just telling you, that's the story. And this pretty face is here as a testament. Preach, Pastor Rick. I have been in pain. I have been hurt. I have felt death attack me before and found Holy Spirit come close to me and restore me. I have seen the lame laid down, unable to walk. And I prayed for people and saw them stand up when their legs would not work. And, and you might say, well, how does that sort of thing happen? When you find some people with faith, that happens. Jesus, when he, he was in Nazareth, couldn't do anything. That's what the Bible said. Nobody had faith. But he, you know, on occasion, the apostles, they would just find somebody. That person has faith. Stand up and walk. Sometimes it got them into trouble. You see, God's plan is for us to be extraordinary, incredibly salty, incredibly bright. His divine nature, his unselfish character, his unconditional love and forgiveness, his joy, his peace beyond description, his supernatural power, his well-being, his vitality, his health, his safety, and his stability. And, and this list is could go on and on. There's more. We're also promised divine wisdom, divine knowledge, divine understanding, ingenuity, insight, creativity. We're supposed to produce supernatural fruit. When people see us, they should say, what? Wow. What is up with us during this pandemic, during this racial uproar that we could sit around like we ain't got nothing to do? What is going on with the church? Don't you know the answer to all of that is Jesus? Don't you know that the answer to all of that is repentance? Salvation? The presence of God? Don't you know it's a sin problem that Jesus took care of on the cross? We... They ought to look around and say, I don't know what's going on. But over there in that church, those people are salt and light. Acts 17 and 6 says, 
Those who have turned, up, turned the world upside down have come to our city. We can't turn a rock upside down. I mean, when the church leaves the building, people out there ought to go, yes, now they're coming to us. I think they're saying, please stay in the building. Acts 4.33 says God's blessing was all upon them and there were no needy people among them. Somebody got in a mess, somebody go sell a piece of property. You say, they'd sell a piece of property? Weren't they thinking of their portfolio? My portfolio is written in heaven. We're laying up our treasures in heaven where stock markets cannot corrode them. I'm having a good time. I'm, I'm, imagine living in this kind of power. I mean, in Acts 14, Paul had done a miraculous thing. And, and they shouted in their own dialect. They decided that Paul and Barnabas were gods in human form. And so the temple of Zeus was located just out of town. Anybody read the Bible? This is so cool. So the priests of the temple of Zeus uh, and a crowd, they brought bulls and wreaths of flowers to the downtown gates and prepared to offer sacrifices to Paul and Barnabas. <laughs> and of course, Paul stopped it. I mean, he ripped his clothes. No, God forbid that you think the power you've seen out of our lives is from human hands. It's from God Almighty. We're not gods. It's all about Jesus. But imagine moving in such power. The people, if those people are gods, no, we just worship the one true and living God. Jesus said it this way. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. Imagine we are the church. We need to remember that the kingdom of God is living inside of us. The early church literally saw entire regions turn to Christ. They didn't have social media. They didn't have online services. But crowds came into the kingdom. And can I tell you that the same God of the first church is the same God that we serve today. The same spirit that was upon Paul and Barnabas. Same spirit. Same spirit. Somebody shout same spirit. Ah, Church, let's, let's deal with the elephant in the room right now. Okay? Let's deal with that. You see... You can see it happening at the beginning of the early church. But we are called to do greater things. So as Peter and John have been arrested for preaching the gospel, Peter and John, they get arrested for preaching the gospel. They preach the gospel because there was a lame man. <laughs> they got healed. And so the religious leaders, the government, which religious leaders and government leaders were basically the same thing. So sometimes you see religious leaders, government leaders, the same thing, okay? They arrest them. And they tell them, okay, that guy, he, I mean, we can't, we can't do anything more about them. But then they looked and said, you got to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. In Acts 4 and 18, Peter says, uh, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. I love that. <laughs> For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. They threatened them further and then they let them go. So people are going to tell you to be quiet. Okay. Don't. And what should you tell? The things that you have seen. Things that you have heard from heaven. All right. Your, your experiences. And then in Acts 4.22, they, they're freed. 
And, they, and Peter and John returned to the others and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. And when they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. They realized that persecution was coming. They said, Sovereign Lord. You guys see that? Come on, let's pray that. Right there where it says, Oh, Sovereign Lord. Read it out loud. Oh, Sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. Oh, Lord, hear their threats. And give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Is that your prayer? Come on, pray it. Oh, Lord, sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. Come on, pray. Oh, Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, because they had prayed before, But after this prayer, the meeting place shook. Why? Because that prayer said, you're going to need more than just what everybody else has. You're going to need Holy Spirit. And he says that the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. The meeting place shook and they were all because they are all the body of Jesus Christ. And it is his intention for his body to be filled up. Now, let me, let me conclude with this. I want to conclude with this. You ready for some conclusion? Okay. Praise God. Restaurants are still open. It's okay. Groceries. But in a moment, don't open this. In a moment, we're going to have some of this. This is our communion. Okay. But I don't want you to open it yet because some of you may not want to open it. Okay, you may not want to. Because what, you, what we don't understand is that what happens in the Old Testament is a shadow of what happens in the New Testament. Okay? So what happened in the Old Testament was this. Moses. Anybody remember Moses? Moses went up to the mountain, and who did he talk to on the mountain? That's right. Talk to God. God spoke to him like a friend. And where did Moses get the word? He got it from God. Who went up the mountain with Moses? Who stood right next to Moses while he was nobody? He kind of gave him the op. Joshua went up and just stayed outside the cloud. But all the people didn't come up because they were afraid that if they did, they would die. And Moses pretty much agreed. (laughs) Just like, yep. Because God is holy. And you're not receiving the Spirit. You're receiving the Holy Spirit. That's why we repent. That's why Jesus went to the cross and died for us. Not only that we could be forgiven of our sins, but that the Spirit of God would dwell within us. I am shaking up right now. I am telling you this. So Moses got there. Now, do you remember what he did? First of all, he crossed with the children of Israel. They crossed what? The Red Sea. The Red Sea is symbolic of your baptism. They were all, the Bible says, they were all baptized in the sea. And then they didn't know what to eat. Anybody remember that? 
And so God sent something called manna. It was wafer-like bread that was laying on the ground. They would go and have manna every day. And they needed something to drink. The Bible says that uh, the Lord provided something for them to drink. In fact, what they got to drink was water. The scripture said it was from a rock. And 1 Corinthians 10 verse uh, 4 says that they ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. And they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. Out of him flowed the water. Okay, so I'm telling you that because the Bible also says even though they drank, they ate the spiritual bread and drank from the rock, God was not pleased with most of them and their bodies were scattered over the desert. I told you I was going to read really bad scripture. It gets worse. Okay, in verse 6. Certain things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it was written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in pagan revelry. Much of what is going on in sin in our culture, get this, is pagan revelry. It is designed as so many things. But it's pagan revelry. It's being caught up. Jesus. And he goes on to say, we should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test the Lord as some of them did and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble as some of them did and they were killed by the destroying angels. See, nobody wants to read this scripture, but I'll read it quick and quietly so you don't have to listen, okay? He says these things happened to them as examples and were written down in, as warnings in verse 11. On whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not be let you tempted beyond what you can bear. You will be tempted. You will be tested. You understand that when temptation is great, it's a great test. And you're about to glorify God by overcoming it. He said, but when you are tempted... He, God, will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Therefore, my friends, I'm just going to keep reading. Flee from idolatry. I speak to sensible people. Judge for yourselves. You say, I don't have an idol in my house. That's not all he's talking about. Anything that you are more concerned about pleasing than God. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we gave thanks, thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf and we who are many are one body for we all partake of one loaf. Okay, did I tell you this in the beginning of all of the struggles regarding racial brokenness? I am you and you are me. Hear me? God created them. I, we are them. That means we are one. We are the body of Christ. We are one, arms and legs. Do you understand what I'm telling you right now? So what I'm saying is, help me, Jesus. We are one love. We are one body. Okay? And we are one body because of Christ. Do you receive this? 
So we partake of Christ. The children of Israel survived because they ate the manna. But then when they began to complain about the manna, they ended up with birds that spoiled and they got sick. That's idolatry. I need something more than Jesus. What the scripture is saying is that the manna and the water was the communion of Israel. And when we receive communion, as we walk through this wilderness, what we're saying is, is that I am a participant in the body of the Lord Jesus. You say, well, it said water. Well, when they stabbed Jesus in the side, what came out of his side? What did Jesus tell the woman at the well? He said, if you had asked me water, I'd given you water so that you would never be thirsty again. You say, well, why do I have a thirst for the things of hell? Why do I have a thirst for the things of this world? Because you stopped eating the manna. And you stopped drinking, as Jesus said, his blood. That's what the word of God says. He says, therefore, and this is the scripture that's illegal to read. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of Jesus. A man ought to examine himself. Say it. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why, this is why among you are weak and sick and a number who have fallen asleep. Did I just read that? Is that unpopular to read? Yes, it's unpopular because we don't understand it. What he's saying is we're walking the journey. Only we are the children of the Most High God. We are the grass beside uh, the the river. We are uh, Abraham's seed. And he's saying now what you need to do more than anything is be a part of the body of Christ. And don't be silly. Don't be silly. Understand this, that you are partaking of the body of Jesus Christ. And there is wholeness in it, not just because you ate a wafer. There's wholeness in it because when you eat it, you examine yourself. Say it. You examine yourself. Not only do I want no bitterness and no anger and deceit inside of me, I want no idolatry inside of me. I want no hatred inside of me. I'm going to walk like, going to talk like, going to live like Jesus. I'm done being a part of this world. I'm a stranger. I'm an alien. I don't know. I don't know. He bore our sins upon the cross. But then he said, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Is there anybody that wants to receive the supper of the Lord with me today? Because this is, you say, all we do is have grape juice and bread at the end. Yeah, it's a renewal of every one of your lives. Go ahead if you want to. Let's all stand together. Sing a little bit if you would. Get it in your hands. Open it up. Jesus. All these people that are watching, get some juice there in your hands. Get something in your hands there online. Get something. I see so many that are watching. My my niece Megan is watching from West Virginia. My, I see Arcellus is watching. And Jennifer, Jennifer Ritchie is, love you, Jenny. And Shannon, who 
has been in the hospital. We're just praying that God will completely heal her. She's watching all of you. Just go ahead and get ready. Get ready to receive. Get ready. Get ready to receive. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. This is a sh- I told you this is a shaking up message. Am I right? Anybody feel a little shaken right now? Aren't you glad that there is no sin that is greater than the blood of Jesus? How many came to Jesus? You repented and confessed your sins and came to Jesus. How many have ever done that before? Anybody done that? Okay. Now put your hand back down. How many have failed Jesus since then? Okay. You want to lift both hands? One of them's got the juice and all in it. But How many have had to repent again? His grace. You say, well, why did you repent? Because the grace of Jesus is tangible. His grace is not a wink at why you're not. That's all right. Don't worry about it. His grace is, I love you and I'm not going to allow you. I will convict you of those things that are not like me. You have to deny His grace. You have to push away the Holy Spirit. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. You ready? You ready? Say this, I repent. I confess my sin. Some of you need to say, and my sin is, and fill in the blank. I confess. My fear, I confess. My bitterness. I confess my idolatry, I confess it. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. Just say, forgive me, Lord Jesus. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. He forgives you. Listen, look at me. I forgive your sin. Say, Pastor Rick, you can't forgive your sin. Watch me. I forgive your sin because of the work of Jesus and the call of Christ. Your sin is removed because of the cross of Jesus. Can I get an amen from somebody? Now give thanks to the Lord that your sin is removed. All right, now we're going to do two things. We are going to be a part of one body because we are partaking of the same loaf. Do you receive this? The body of Christ receive bread. Look at us. We're all the same body of Christ. Look at us. Look around the room. We're all the body of Christ. We're all partakers. Hey, we are one. Praise God. Blood of Jesus. Wait, going through the wilderness. How many need it in the wilderness? I need the living water. I need the blood of Christ. The evidence that my sin is washed away. The blood of the new covenant. Take and drink it. Okay, now wait, wait. He didn't do all of that just so your belly would be full. That was the problem of the Corinthian church. They were rushing for a banquet. They had lost power and manifestation. This is why you're supposed to receive that. We are the body of Christ. Say, we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Come, Holy Spirit. We are the body of Christ. Now wait, wait. We received this. Ready to have something churn up inside of you? Lift both of your hands up. You can put your paper in the floor, on the seat, whatever you need to do. You ready to lift your hands up and say this, I receive the Holy Spirit. No, I receive the Holy Spirit. You notice the Holy Spirit comes upon the church, not just on individuals alone, but one flame, one power, the Holy Spirit. So come Holy Spirit, move upon your church. 
fill us, overflow us with your power. Let us move as one body in power, in strength, in manifestation of your presence. Oh God, we will not be afraid. We will be salt. We will be light and your name will be lifted up. Come on, wave your hands before the Lord. I want to pray for you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I speak the power of the Holy Spirit upon this community, upon this congregation, upon those online. Holy Spirit, come. Rest upon us. Rest upon us. Let your power, let your work, let your life be manifested. We are aliens. We are strangers in this world. But let us be powerful. Let us be your light and your presence. In the name of Jesus. Do I hear a shaking in this house? Do I hear a shaking? Do I hear shaking anywhere in this house? You don't get to be common Christians anymore. Do I hear a shaking? Your voice has been silenced. There are people that you can't speak to. God says, I'm going to use your voice now. I'm going to use your voice. I'm going to speak through you. I'm going to give you the words. When you stand before your accusers, yes, you'll be persecuted. But give praise to God. stand you continue to pray may the Lord bless you may the Lord keep you may the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace we're going to continue to worship for a moment here you can continue to seek the Lord as you stand there be dismissed when you choose to the front or the side I am so thankful to be in the body of the Lord Jesus God bless you all